Welcome back to the Bear Claw. We are here rumbling through the offseason while the rest of the while the good teams of the league are preparing to add another trophy to their trophy queue. Been a minute. We've been enjoying our little, you know, little winter break, a little bear I hibernation. I would not say enjoyed it, but it is what it is. We got new okay, says it over is, the last decade. Yeah, right. Right, definitely. It's not it's not foreign to us. And well, welcome in a guest. You all know him from the Steel Curtain Network, my homie Big G. Big G, what's happening? What's cracking lacking, fellas, man? Thank you for the opportunity for rocking out on the Bear Claw on Fans First Sports Network. I don't get a lot of opportunities to cross over, but it seems like I'm gonna start getting them because I've been getting phone calls. So when my boy Pat hit me up, he said, Hey man, come on the queue and we're gonna get in this hot topic. I said, man, let's do it. So I'm here, and I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Of course. But man of the man, you've got all the takes, and we need to have them over here because we got to discuss some things. But but before we we get into it, (laughs) before we get into (laughs) that, man, we got to talk about the Bears filling out their coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, at least. We are – we know we got Shane Waldron to run the offense. We got a new we got a new quarterbacks coach. We got a new running backs coach, um, tight ends coach on 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 down the line. Q, how you feel about how the Bears are filling out this offensive leadership? I like how they're getting experienced guys um, mm-hmm. for that offensive staff. Um, a lot of it is is wait and see with me. You know, I want to see how. Uh, they run the team before, you know, I get too excited. As I said in previous shows, I've been I've seen a lot of offense coordinators here. So um, show me you different than the rest. <laughs> I can't think of a really successful offensive coordinator we've had in Chicago since I've been watching football. Maybe Ron Turner. Maybe that was the most successful you, one we had. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't mm. like John Shoup? Next question, man. See you over here. You over hey, here Q, I, me, I, Q, I got you. I got you, Q. I'll come on the bear claw, get y'all signed. Straight tire fire. Straight trash. Us full trash tire fire. And I don't even know nothing about him like that, but I know he was garbage. I know. Man, that. we we not we not gonna have that type of line of questioning today. I didn't come up to the show to be harassed uh, against and to be uh, uh, rehashing hey, you know, traumatic hey, you know memories. You got to laugh sometimes to keep them crying, and that's you that's do. the that's the yeah. mantra of being a Bears fan. Um, I like what you said. Experience goes a long ways because over the last two seasons, we had guys running the offense who are not experienced, and that goes all the way down to the players. Um, inexperience and not knowing what you're doing it trickles out, it trickles onto the field, and I I, I honestly believe the. the the teams we were playing knew that we didn't know what we was doing out there. Chicken with our heads cut off, right? So, for, if anything, if nothing else, I like that we got guys who have been there and done that before. I will take that seven days out the week. Yeah, I mean, Shane Waldron comes in with more experience calling plays than Matt Nagy did when he came in as the head coach and play caller. So, um, that's one thing to look forward to, a guy that's actually called plays in this league and, and been successful. We know Seattle offense wasn't – it wasn't dynamic or an elite offense, but it was a respectable offense. And Waldron took a guy, Geno Smith, who was pretty much discard, discarded, you know, 
afterthought in the league. He was probably on his last team. I mean, that was probably Geno's last chance, hmm. you know. So he came in and took a guy that uh, nobody else is able to use. And I think Geno even, was he a Pro Bowl alternate last year? Or did he make facts. the Pro Bowl? Yeah, facts. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really good season. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic about what Shane can do here. Okay. I like to see it. And now we have a full offensive staff. They've been out there putting they they've been boots to the ground as soon as they got as soon as they signed the paperwork. They were out there at the Shrine game, the East West game, senior bowl. They do, they're doing their work. And this is this is me pivoting to you, G. Mm-hmm. It's that time of year. You gotta you gotta focus on bringing the new new blood in. And mm-hmm. with that new blood, the Bears have the number one pick in the draft. And number nine. And, and number nine. They got and one number, and nine. Nine. Number, number nine. Number nine. Another good from an outsider's outsider's perspective. What do you think the Bears should do with those two picks in the hey, first before, round? Before I even talk about the picks. I watched the senior bowl practices and all whatever like that. And man, Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin was awful friendly with the Chicago Bear boys during their practices, mm-hmm. man. They both, they spent a lot of time together in the offensive line trenches area. They spent a lot of time together in the defensive line trenches area. And they spent a lot of time together in the defensive back area. So I, it, it seemed like there was a, a match made in heaven that might be going on between the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cause the GM and everybody was all just huddled up with each other. I was like, "Oh, I'd like to see that." Like, well, if that. I'm a, if I'm the Steelers front office, of course I'm going to be gracious when I see the Bears front office. Um, pretty much gave you guys a first round pick for Chase Claypool. I would nice. I would be nice too. So <laughs> they're probably just continuing a very good uh, <laughs> relationship. <Yeah. laughs> would you guys like any other other underachieving players for uh, high draft capital? You know. Like, <laughs> I don't blame the Steelers. Underachieving hey, so, is a nice thing to call Chase Claypool. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You want me right. to – dump, he was dumpster fire. We fleeced the dumpster fire player to the Bears. Definitely right. definitely yeah. fleeced us for Chase Claypool. That was a sad day when I heard that announcement. A second-round pick for Claypool, like mm. the guy falling out of the Steelers' rotation. <laughs> mm. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. But we appreciate yeah, y'all. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Hey, but we so, y'all. So, yeah, yeah. But so <laughs> I, I I think that the I think that the I think it would be unfair to not let the Bears do the due diligence or work to actually evaluate the number one overall pick. I mean, because heck, it's the number one overall pick. You gave it up last year from the Houston Texans. It all worked out. So then that way you come back this year and you got the number one overall pick. So, but saying that, if I can, I say what I would do if I was the Bears. What I would do, yeah. So I, I was I was talking to a, I was on a, a separate podcast yesterday, another fans first sports podcast, uh, first sports network podcast, and I told um the guy that was running the show, I said, when was the last time you saw a quarterback heavy? or quarterback-centric, top 10 picks, probably going to have four quarterbacks go that you didn't see massive trades in those, in those top 10 picks. It's never happened in my lifetime. And I went all the way back to, like, mm-hmm. you know, the early 90s, you know, like when I really mm-hmm. started paying attention and paying attention to football like that. 
And it's anytime you have four quarterbacks that's going to potentially go in the top 10, there's going to be massive trades. It's going to happen. It's like these, all these mocks that are out there, you might as well throw them in the trash because they're worthless. Right. So, so saying all that, I know that the bears are sort of in the middle and I think it's more fans issue than it is internalized. Cause I think internally, especially as far as the 53 man roster is concerned, Justin Fields is the guy. So I think that the Bears would be the smartest thing they could do is get as much capital and players that they could get for that number one overall pick and maybe only move down to maybe two or maybe three. And then now you got three and you got nine and you done fleece somebody for some players and some draft capital. Because in my opinion, I think the Bears are only maybe three or four outstanding players away from actually contending. For the NFC North, I with, with Green Bay right there in Detroit, I think if you build around Justin Fields, you put yourself in position to where, man, look, you guys could have an, an outstanding franchise next year. An outstanding. With that no, could you imagine? I'm going to just throw a trade out there, just one trade that I, I just talked to a guy about. Y'all flip picks with the commanders. Okay? So you go from one to two. You get their 36 this year. Right, so now you got two nine thirty six. You get Payne, the defensive tackle from the Washington Commanders, to go on your defensive line, and then you get your number their number one pick next year. Oh, the Bears are sitting pretty, bro. They get three of the top thirty six players in this year's draft, plus a a, a who a potential All Pro defensive tackle, plus a number one pick next year. Oh, come on, dog, come on. There's no quarterback in this year's draft that's not that's not worth that. No quarterback at all. So do your I due diligence, like that. but Justin Fields is the guy, dude. He's your guy. Q. Um, um, how do you feel about that? First, first, first thing, how do you feel about that that trade proposal coming from the uh commanders? And second question is do you think we can get more for Caleb Williams? I actually think uh what Gene brought up is actually of a, a, a very good trade proposal but with the hype around caleb williams um i actually think you can get a little more you could probably squeeze more of the commanders because i do believe that you have a lot of interest from the number one pick from the raiders uh even for the patriots i think caleb as long as we don't see any change between that and and and, and let's be honest this is what is it january february i don't even know uh february 4th February 4th, whatever. When there's no football, I don't have any reason to keep up with the days of the week. Like, for what? Mm-hmm. Um, as we stand right now, we understand that on uh, February 4th to the end of April, lots of things are going to change in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Drake May is right now number two. Who knows? Jaden Daniels, Penix could leap over him, or Jaden Daniels and Penix could slip out of the top 10. But as it stands now, Caleb Williams is an extremely hype prospect. And the best thing for the Bears in terms of uh, trade strength, that position of strength, is Caleb's head and shoulders above the rest of the field. Um, mm. He's ahead of Drake May, clearly. So I actually think you could probably squeeze commanders more because I think you can leverage the commanders against the Patriots. You know, I think the Patriots with a new coach, with a new regime, they would like nothing more than to get the number one quarterback prospect in this year's draft. So I think it's a thing where you probably can get a little bit more, although pain 
the number 36 in next year's first round pick and a swap this year is is, is very enticing though. So I do I do like that trade. Would you be okay with taking that trade with if that means now you got Justin for a fourth season and possibly have to take his option this offseason as well? So that's where it gets tricky. Would I be okay? I do I do believe in Justin Fields as a starting quarterback with potential to be a franchise quarterback. However, if you go look at the NFL playoffs, generally speaking, the team with the best quarterback is generally advancing in a lot of these matchups. Mm. Um, I like Justin. I do like Justin. However, we're, we're heading into year four, and there are still mechanical issues in the passing game. Now, I've always said the one thing about Justin Fields is at Ohio State, you know, he was he he transferred from Georgia to Ohio State. He didn't get much playing time in Georgia. And his last year was um, the COVID shortened year. So I think Justin only took around 600 something attempts his entire career at Ohio State. You know, Caleb Williams is a guy that comes 621. Okay. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is a guy that comes in immediately. Uh, more advanced in the passing game, but more polished than Justin is. I think even now as a rookie, he right now as they stand, he's a more polished passer. Uh, so I think you're hard pressed to pass up on Caleb Williams, and I think as a passer, period, he has a higher ceiling than Justin Fields. And I and I do think I do think Justin Fields has a high ceiling. He's a tremendous athlete, but I think with Caleb, the potential as a passer is much higher. And you look at the game today. You look at where it's trending. I mean, offense and quarterback play has never been more important in the history of the NFL. You know, gone are the days when you could just draft a top running back and have a great defense and, you know, get to 12, 13 wins and get to a Super Bowl a la the 1990 Giants or even the Giants teams that beat the Patriots uh, 10 years ago. And we've seen some of the Bears teams get to NFC championships and Super Bowls with Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman at the helm, but a powerful defense and running game. I don't know if you can do that anymore. So I think the Bears, they're in a tough position. I, I, I think Justin Fields is a, is a quality quarterback. But it'd be hard-pressed for me right now to pass on Caleb Williams and his enormous potential. Because I think Caleb can come in right now and be Justin's equal. And then you are in a situation where you have a – a quarterback control for the next five years. You know, Justin has done enough in the NFL, even though he has some mechanical issues I spoke on earlier, he's done enough in the NFL that he he needs to be compensated. You're going to have to pay him after the fifth year. He's done enough to earn a, 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 a good contract. And you, as we know, once you pay that quarterback, you're compromised in terms of what you can do uh, salary cut and flex, flexibility-wise. You know, getting Caleb would allow the Bears to maintain a strong salary cap position for the next four or five years. So, so I listen, so I've, I, this is the argument that I have, you know, because it's a lot of times for the collegiate athletes is what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Right. We, you've seen Justin perform in the NFL, but if you actually yes. go back and compare Justin Fields last year at Ohio state versus Caleb Williams, 2023 Heisman trophy season, Justin Fields stats was better than Caleb Williams. Justin Fields had 136.4 passing rating. 
Caleb Williams had 117.4. Justin, Justin Fields' adjusted pass percentage rating was 89.1. Caleb Williams was 77.5. Justin Fields' pass-centric completion was 91.1. Caleb Williams was 84.6. Justin Fields averaged more yards rushing than Caleb Williams did for that entire season. Justin Fields had an overall QBR of a 92.8. Caleb Williams had a 90.3. So Justin Fields, if you compare the two, Justin was better than Caleb at Caleb's maximum in college football. Last year at, at, at <laughs> USC, Caleb had to throw the ball all over the place because the team was worse year two at USC versus year one. So they had no other choice but to just let him throw the ball all over the yard. But overall compared stats, Justin's better. He was better than him. So, and then, and now, and then, now, but keep this in mind too. Justin Fields at Ohio State had Jackson Smith and Juca. He had Garrett Wilson. He had Chris Olave, right? Could you imagine if you could give him weapons like that in Chicago? This is the first year he really had a weapon in DJ Moore. Look what DJ Moore did. Could you imagine giving him two more weapons? Oh my God! Well, it, it would get ugly. Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Olavi were all first-round picks, and I believe were they all top ten, top fifteen? No, Garrett so, Wilson went ten. Chris Olave went yeah, thirteen. Went 10. Jackson Smith okay. and Juco went seventeen. Still high, high draft years. picks. Yeah, um, I can't imagine giving him three first-round pick receivers because that's kind of unrealistic. I, we can't. Um, for, for even salary cap, are the Detroit Lions, right? And 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 they're going to lose one of those guys too. I mean, Jameson Williams and Amon Ron St. Brown are still on rookie deals, but eventually they're going to have to pay one. Somebody's going to leave. You're not going to be able to play multiple receivers a hundred plus million, and that's what top receivers command in these days. As far as statistics, um, I think it's dangerous to just compare stats collegially because I've seen Case Keenum set. I believe he's still the uh, NCAA record for touchdowns thrown. So you stack up Case Keenum's four-year collegiate career at Houston, and it was you know it compares to any of the elite mm -hmm. prospects. But the thing we look at with Caleb Williams when we project him is we look at the tools. Um, an elite arm, Justin has a has a good arm. Caleb has elite arm. He has elite accuracy on the run, moving. Um, mm. He has elite improvisational skills so and this is not a thing where uh let me preface this the, the statements this is not me saying i don't believe in justin or i want him gone i'm mm -hmm. just looking at what caleb brings if i compare them honestly and unbiasedly if they were both coming out of coming into this draft and, and justin fields were comparing them coming out in 2021 and caleb williams was say they're in the same time frame, i think caleb williams would still be a higher ranked prospect and we'll still go number one. I think Fields would be somewhere around Drake May. They'd be battling out for that two spot with maybe the loser sliding down in the top ten. So I think when you look at Caleb Williams, I think it's not just a statistical argument. He didn't have – he doesn't have a guy that's going to be a day one, day two, or day three pick that he's throwing to. I think Brendan Rice projects maybe fourth, fifth round. Maybe – I mean, a lot of this is going to depend on what he does at the combine. But unless Brendan – shocks people and runs in the four threes, he's likely going in the fourth, fifth round. 
So, but but, Caleb, but he had it his Heisman year though. He had it his Heisman year with Jordan Addison, Drake, and uh, Jordan Addison. The other kid. Yeah, they had he had two first round picks on that team, and that's why he won the Heisman and, Trophy. And he performed very well that year. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikov. Now that I think about it, and Ju- and yeah. Justin Fields never had a Bolitnikov, never. But he had he had really good receivers though at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He had a, and he had a really good team. I think if we compare Justin's Ohio State team to Caleb Williams USC team, we would all agree Justin played on a better team. I think Ohio mm-hmm. State program over the last few years has been a better program than USC. I, I man, I just think I just think if you give Justin so sliding down at two, you, Marv's your pick. So now you got Marvin DJ Moore. The wild card is what do you do at nine? That's the wild card. And because and if the, the, if the tackles, are, if the tackles are gone, right? You know, if, if the kid from Penn State is gone and if Joel is gone, because that's the only two guys that are top 10 tackles. Those are two guys, yeah. So if we're, they're we're gone, moving too fast. We're, we're, we're getting we're we're moving too fast. I, I do want to go back to mm. the trade proposal that you made. Mm. I want to oh, point out one thing that um people are missing on um, we we keep discussing you know the trade proposals for the number one pick the bears have another pick mm-hmm. in the top 10 which Fine. can be valuable and um just a couple of years ago we traded from number 20 to number 11 to pick justin fields and we gave up number 20 a future first round pick would ended up being number seven and i believe we gave up a fourth rounder and a third so Fine. Number one is not the end-all, be-all of accumulating massive draft capital because I'm sure after May and Williams go, between Penix, Daniels, and McCarthy, one of them will slide down at the end of the top ten. And not only will they slide down, but some team who really fancies them in the teens or 20s is willing to give up a haul for Penix, Daniels, or McCarthy, whichever one of them slides. So I think the Bears are in a position of strength. Either way, I don't think we just have to trade number one. We can also trade number nine. Look, mm. look. Well, I'm gonna come back to that in one second, Q, because I do like, I do like that they the the thought process you're going down. But mm. G, you said that you want that the Bears can get a haul, and by haul you meant flop swapping with uh, swapping picks with uh, Commanders, getting a future, or the Patriots, a future, or the Patriots. Or Patriots. Swapping those picks, getting another future top forty-five pick, mm-hmm. um, and a player. Mm-hmm. Can't we get the same thing by trading Justin Fields? No, no, no. Well, I have one concern then. If we can't get a get the same package for Justin Fields, um, then why do we move forward with Justin Fields if he's not as valuable a commodity as Caleb Williams? Because we're talking, because the the issue is money. I mean, really, when the deal is with Justin Fields, it's not because he's not a caliber or that high of a quality. It's time Mm -hmm. versus time. Caleb Williams, you get a fresh start, brand new clock, rookie quarterback, don't got to pay him nothing, so your clock starts over. But with Justin Fields, after next year, you got to pay him. And so that's why why you can't get – that's not apples to apples. It's, it's you know one you're, kid's already right. three years going and four you know that, so that that's but that why. brings me but, to another question I have for you that brings me to another question I have for you if you 
let's place Justin Fields in a Steelers uniform right now. That's that's the mm-hmm. team you you root for. Place him in a Steelers uniform right now, mm-hmm. and say he's had similar production over his first three years in Chicago as he's had for your Steelers. Would you feel comfortable paying Justin Fields forty million per year? If Justin Fields had been with the Pittsburgh Steelers two of the last three seasons, not only would we have been in the playoffs, we would have won probably it. multiple playoff games. Don't don't because do because of the because of the I talent do think he's that's available. I do because think he's of the talent that's available in Pittsburgh. You got you got part you got uh uh Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Fryer Move, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Mount Washington. It's too much talent over there and and Pittsburgh. So he's a huge upgrade. I'm glad you brought that Steelers. up. So that brings that brings me another question for you. So you said you all would win multiple playoff games, right? Yeah. So you think you would have went into Cincinnati, Kansas City, or Buffalo, or had them come to uh, uh, Pittsburgh, and you think you would have knocked them off with Justin Fields at quarterback? We would have beat we would have beat Buffalo this year without a shadow of a doubt. Or Lamar. Or, or, or Lamar, one of, one of those. We have, if we you're have in the AFC, Lamar. those are the four quarterbacks you're going to have to go through when you're in the playoffs. Mahomes, you know, Burrow was hurt this year. But Mahomes, Jackson, Josh Allen, Burrow, when they're healthy, those are the guys you got to go through in the AFC. So, so, so I'm glad you brought that up because the Pittsburgh Steelers was 5-1 and one in the AFC North last year without a quarterback. The year before that, they were 4-2 and two without a quarterback. So it, we win games in our division regardless of whatever. But now if we get an upgrade like a Justin Fields at quarterback, oh, my God. Now we're talking about playoff wins versus regular season wins. What quarterbacks are you beating in the playoffs with Justin Fields? Playoffs the whole different whole different animal. We, we would have beat Buffalo this year with Justin Fields. Justin Fields beat, can't no beat doubt. the Packers, and you think he can beat the Bills? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Justin Fields is a huge upgrade from Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. He is an upgrade. He is an upgrade. I don't know upgrade. how huge. I think Mason Mason Rudolph played some good football down the stretch. I'm not going to take that uh take that from him. Um, You're, the but Justin is an upgrade position, over Mason. The quarterback position is only as good as the players around him. And I will say this till, till the cows come home. Chicago has not put players around him as of yet last year was the first move you add dj moore you got a solid commit you 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 took his running back away from him look what he did in detroit so so the issue is you you got to put players around a quarterback joe burrow's not successful without players heck lamar had his best year Oh, I wonder why he had zay flowers odell beckham mark andrews he had dogs around him so a quarterback is only as good as the players around him. Justin is that, that Mahomes was pretty good throwing the throwing the Marquez Valdez Scalding and Kadarius Tony and a rookie Rasheed Rice and Skylar Moore. So Justin, yeah, he's a different he animal. Better players. That's yeah, a goat, right. That's a right. goat talk. Justin that's a goat. Players around him now. That's a goat talk. You're right. He doesn't have better players around Justin him right Fields now. Justin has better players around him now than he would in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yes, you're yes, talking true. You're, only George maybe Pickens, down off the Deontay line, Johnson but as far as skill, Harris, skill positions, yes. Stop it! Stop it! I think man. the best. I think the best skill position player 
is DJ Moore. I think he is the best, but I think Baltimore has more balance. Um, because uh, Deontay Johnson and and and, and Pickens there, they're they're so, very good receivers. And what's what's the little guy that that returns the punts too? That, that plays Austin. in the slot, Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. I think he's gonna. So, I think he's gonna be a good player in this league. If you took, he's, so he's you young. Would say Bears. You would say Bears got number one receiver. Two, three, and four is Pittsburgh. You would say Pittsburgh's no, no, got better no, tight end. No, Bears. Yes, wide receiver. Bears wise? have the number one receiver. Number one receiver by far, and then the next best skill position player is Cole Komet. No, he's oh, not. No, better I don't than know George if I can. Pickens. He's not better. I gotta than go with George. Johnson, I gotta go with George. He's not better than Pat Fryer. Move. Stop George, it. No, no. Stop Again, it. we talking about Justin Fields here. Justin Fields. You the George Pickens is a high. He's a difficult catch receiver. He's not a. Yeah. What do you call it? A possession receiver. He's not one of those. One of those. He's not guys. a field route you know, runner. He's he, he's a go right. route guy. He's yeah, not one he, of those. He, he, he's gotten better. Does, he's gotten better since he came Justin into the league Fields, at his route running. Does Justin Fields throw the ball up to some to guys like that? Have we ever seen that in his three years? In no. his defense, what guy? What he threw some 50-50 balls at DJ Moore, and and they were successful. But when has he had a guy that's how how tall is picking? Six three, six three, six four, almost six four. Yeah. When is he had a guy that's six four and runs around four 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 five that can actually catch the ball? He's had a Quinnian St. Brown who has those physical attributes, but he doesn't create any separation anywhere at the route. Number Not at the knock, top of the route. Number one. The number one knock on Justin is what? Doesn't understand NFL open versus college I, open. I don't know why he throws a good deep ball. I think he could be successful with Pickens. That is the type of receiver that 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 Justin will like. I I, I do think. I mean, until the NFL team schemes to take that away, I do think more. I think I do think a Fields to Pickens uh, relationship would would be would be good. I think that's the type of receiver he 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 can utilize. And, and I don't know what he would do with Deontay Johnson though. And the backfield so in Pittsburgh see. would help Fields a lot. Najee and Warren with Justin Fields? Oh, that gets ugly. That gets ugly. Najee is one of the most overrated backs I've seen in the league. I I don't understand why Jalen Warren hasn't usurped him yet. I think Najee is very inefficient. I think one of the best things Najee does is not get hurt. He is durable. But when you look, efficiency, yards per carry, he doesn't give us – he doesn't give picks for anything that they couldn't get if you all had Khalil Herbert or Rashawn Johnson, I you, think what what the thing you realize that I Najee think, Harris is the only running back in Pittsburgh Steeler history <clears throat> in his first three years had a thousand yards plus his first three years in the history. How many carries did how many carries did he have? They did add. He has, he's had this. less. He's had less carries. He's had less carries than any Steeler running back in their first three years. Less than Rashad Mendenhall, less than Le'Veon Bell, less than Franco Harris, less than Jerome Bettis. He had less carries than any Pittsburgh Steeler running back in history. And he's the only Steeler that has had a thousand yards plus his first three seasons. In a well, I think the thing with Franco, he was he was playing in the 14 game uh 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 schedule and uh Le'Veon, did Le'Veon did he come in? Was it the second or third year he got hurt? So I know he missed time. With no. the MCL, he did, was he the number one back the first year? Yes, he's he the feature back. From his, 
he started from his from his rookie year to until he left. Matter of fact, Le'Veon but, but, Bell actually read, led the league in rushing two out of the four years. He led the league in rushing. But we know Le'Veon is better than Najee, right? We're not we're not debating that, right? Mm. I mean, Le'Veon okay. slightly we're, was we're, slightly yeah. overrated, mm. <laughs> but we know Le'Veon is a better back than, mm. than Najee. Right? But see, but see, I compare that too because I look at who was blocking for Le'Veon Bell. Versus who's blocking for not see Pitts. See the issue in Pittsburgh has and the knock in Pittsburgh has been we don't have offensive line. We're trying to fix that because we used our first round pick last year. We gave y'all James Daniels. Don't y'all like him? Yeah, uh, he's a good, good serviceable guard. I like yeah. James Daniels. I like Daniels. We but we, we just like got him. Back. We, we got the kid. We got right, the kid from the Philadelphia Eagles. Give him we got the kid from, back too. <laughs> yeah, we got the kid from the Philadelphia Eagles, and then we got Jones in the first round. So we're trying to fix the offensive line. <sighs> So if you give me an RPO zone read athlete at quarterback, poor man Lamar Jackson. You're going to finish in Najee, third place in that division. No, no, we're going to win the division. We're going to win the division. <sighs> I, I don't I don't know if the Steelers are strong enough to beat a healthy Joe we, Burrow. We were five healthy this year. We were I, I know what you went against. Them. Listen, as a Bears fan, we split with the Lions and we kicked their asses for seven and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. Of the of the eight quarters we played them, they're still a better team, and they were still one Dan Campbell or two Dan Campbell brain farts away from being in this Super Bowl. So I understand your regular your season record against them. The Bears coach jacked but, them games off against Detroit. The Bears coach jacked them games off. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That was no, not Justin Fields. No, that was not Justin no. Fields. That was that. No, coach. I'm not blaming Justin no. for those games. I'm not blaming Justin for those games. Um there was a Tyler Scott drop, which would have put Detroit away. But there was also in that in that game in Detroit, there was sacks that should not have been taken. Mm-hmm. There were drives that stalled that should not have stalled that were on Justin. See, sometimes Clutch one of the things one of the things one of the things I've observed with Justin is, um, you know, sometimes I'm not even upset at him for the low passing output because I understand there is a personnel issue in Chicago too. You know, right. you have two legitimate receiving options in DJ Moore and Clement. I think Mooney has regressed. I think Tyler, right. Tyler Scott was a rookie and overwhelmed by certain situations. I'm not even going to speak on the other receivers, but there's also what we have with Justin. There are some situational awareness problems. There are some games I'm not putting the losses of Detroit and Cleveland and Denver solely on him. But there are some games that if he checked down or kept the clock running, that those comebacks don't happen. Sometimes you got to understand as a quarterback, I can't take a sack here. I can't fumble. I can't get a turnover here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, maybe I need the audible. Maybe I need to be aware of this guy blitzing off the edge. I need to check down to my hot route. I don't even need a first down here. What I need is this mm-hmm. clock to keep running. If we keep the ball inbounds, we got 40 seconds to take off this game clock. We're up by double digits with five, six minutes left. Let's get mm-hmm. the defense off the field. So that's mm-hmm. some of my issues with Justin Fields too. Not just the slight issues with with passes. I, 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 like I said before, I think a lot of that is that the guy only had 600 passes in college and was thrust into the starting lineup in a bad situation in Chicago. So he has not been able to develop as a passer mm-hmm. the right way. But I'll still, there, 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 there are some game IQ that Justin, I don't know if he can develop it because sometimes it's, it's just a thing. You have it or you don't. Tom Brady always had it, even when he wasn't as polished as a passer. Um, 
but there's some game IQ things, some situational awareness that Justin has to work on or develop. And I'm not sure it's something that can develop. Some some of those what, things are in seen, there. Have you seen those issues out of Caleb at USC? Yes. I, I think yes. I think I've seen some things with, with, with Caleb that I don't like, but Caleb's also 21 years old. Um and in that USC system, he has so much more responsibility than I think Justin did at OSU. So I think one of the things we suffer from with Caleb Williams is he's thrown so many attempts. He's been in so many big games. We can nitpick at the small things. As a prospect, there's nothing to complain about with Justin, with Caleb Williams. I'm sorry. There's, there's nothing to complain about. Maybe he could be an inch taller. But I think the main thing is, like, when you see so much film on a guy, Sometimes you can find faults. There's not a player in the league that doesn't have faults. There's not a prospect in this draft that doesn't have faults. So I'm not going to nitpick at some of the things we see with Caleb Williams. I think in the right system. And the other thing that goes into these quarterback is development. I don't think Justin's had the proper people to develop him. And hopefully, you know, wherever Caleb lands or if Justin's still a bear, we got the right people in place to develop the quarterback right now. So I, I've watched a tremendous amount of all 22 film. Pay will tell you that. I live in a laboratory, man. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. The comp for Caleb Williams is not Patty Mahomes. You're going to say Kyler Murray. Very close. Very close. He's he's bigger. He's stronger. Caleb Williams, 6'1", 215. Kyler Murray's 5'8", 204 pounds. So he's bigger but it's the way he plays, he does not play like Patty Mahomes. He plays like Kyler Murray. And that's that's a big if. You know, I think some of the similarities in their game come from the fact that they ran the same system. I've, I've, I've looked at – I haven't looked at Caleb quite a, as extensively as I've wanted to. I've seen live games. I've seen a little bit of um, – just a tiny bit of all 22. I think that's mm -hmm. more of a system thing than mm – -hmm. I think I think he's a he's got a better arm than Kyler. Um, oh, I think there's well, there, there's small there's there's some small differences. No pun intended. And and pause if I need to pause that small differences. <laughs> but I just I just I watched him on film, and that being able to improvise. You guys know because that's the big that's the big issue with Justin Fields in Chicago. He improvises too much. He he runs around too much. He's not being that accurate in the pocket. You're going to get the same things from Caleb Williams. He's going to do the same stuff. The exact he same does thing. tend to he he does tend to sometimes not play on time. Um, he tends to run out the pocket. But I think the difference between him and Kyler is I think I've seen Caleb operate from in the pocket, whereas mm -hmm. Kyler there's only a certain because he's 5'9", five, 5'10", five, there's only so much you can do with him inside the pocket because he just can't see over the, over the guys in line of scrimmage. I think you have to. With Kyler, it is a necessity to move him outside the pocket. You're not going to line him up under center with three-step drops. I think you have to move Kyler out of the pocket, and you have to line up in the pistol and shotgun because of his height. That's the same thing we saw with Drew Brees um, when he got to New Orleans. That's, that's one of the things that Sean Payton did. You know, uh, not necessarily have to move him out the pocket, but play, you know, more shotgun, more more pistol. I think Kyler has to be in that. I don't think Caleb has to be at that. I think he's functioning that. But I've seen him 
play on time with, with three-step drops, five-step drops, and get the ball out. Um, mm. But, again, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I think a lot of that can be a lot of his gunslinger mentality or running around trying to improvise and make the big play. I think that can be coached out of him, and I think that's where player development, quarterback development come in. So, so this I got a question about, you know, because because really, like I said, I think the whole argument between those these two guys is starting to clock over and or rolling with the guy you got, right? But that's a, that's an important thing, though. That that that's is a, a factor. That is a, that is a factor. Okay, but how much better will the Bears be in a year? Not next season, because next season's a wash. If you trade Justin Fields, unless you get because the only there's only two teams you're going to get a first round pick from them, and you might get one for Pittsburgh. Maybe it depends on how desperate they are. So you might I get think the Raiders. No, I don't think so. No, I don't, think, I don't I, know. I, I can't. If, if, if Luke gets why, why only? Yeah, Luke gets he's in Vegas. Why? Why only three yeah, teams are trading for the first round pick? You already said earlier when there's a lot of quarterbacks on the board in the first round, yeah. there's a lot of there's a there's gonna be a lot of trades. Why because, would there only yeah. be because Justin is an already known product where they can go trade up and get a rookie and start the clock over? That's there's a big okay. difference. Justin, the clock's the, the clock is dead on Justin. This is the make or break year for Justin Fields. Wherever he's at, regardless of where wherever, he has this year, and then you got to make a decision. So wherever he gets traded to, it's more or less a one-year rental. Regardless. Okay, so uh, for the rookies, I have a it's follow a brand up. new clock. It's a brand new clock. I got a, I got a follow-up question on that. But before – and the question with that is, where do you – how many teams – this is a two-part question. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you – I'm going to filibuster for a second so you can think about it. Mm-hmm. How many teams are, des- are looking for a new quarterback? And two, how many teams have a quarterback better than Justin? And before you answer that, let's take a quick break so we can talk to our sponsors. Hmm. AFC, there's probably five. And in the NFC, there might be four. So I would say probably nine teams in totality. So out of those nine teams, six or seven, is going to get a first round quarterback. So the only two okay. options that are floating out there. Six guys are going to the first round? A possibility. It, it, it really, really, mm-hmm. to be honest, it's what Bo Nix does at the combine. What Bo Nix does at the combine and the interviews. Day, and his interviews and are going to determine if they're six. The interviews for quarterback are big. I, I know that because Mitch Trubisky talked us out of years of success. Yeah. Maybe. So, <laughs> we talked to Pittsburgh. Got to lose out of success too. You got Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, now we're even. Then we're even in on the trade because y'all fleeced us with Trubisky. We're even. We get y'all got Caleb. Y'all got uh, Claypool. We got Trubisky. It's fair. All fair is love and war. So, so in, in as far as quarterback is concerned, you got Williams, May, Daniels, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. Those are those are probably your six guys that's going to go in the first round. So if you go up those six guys, there's two free agent. Well, there's one free agent quarterback in Kirk Cousins that everybody he's in play. There's a has been washed up Russell Wilson that could be in play for a couple of guys, and then the wild card is Justin Fields. 
unless unless Jimmy Harbaugh gets a burr up his behind because that could happen. And that would change everything. He's not going to risk that. But he, he, so, Jimmy Harbaugh is a strange dude, bro. Uh, like, he, he is very strange. I, very strange. It, he he'd be tar and feathered if he decided case. he wanted McCarthy over Herbert. That would be the gambliest gamble to ever gamble. I, and uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't so put it past him. I I disagree that McCarthy is a first round product, but that's neither here nor there. It's just where did Justin land as far as in the top thirty two quarterbacks? Where does Justin land? He's got two spots, Pittsburgh or Atlanta. No, no, I'm saying, if like, where does trading. he rank? Oh, he's top 15. He's top 15. Justin's top 15. There's mm-hmm. nine teams out there looking for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm still – so I'm, I'm going right back to the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. How does Justin's trade value not equal a first-round pick then? Because the clock. A rookie deal, brand new, if, fresh rookie deal. If you deal, only got to pay him, third, third going in the fourth. If you only got to pay him, the market value and the market value would be where Daniel Jones is sitting at right now, forty million. Uh-huh. If you only got to pay him that, that's that's pretty much a bargain for a top fifteen quarterback. Well, th- you're answering your question because then why in the heck did the Bears get off of him? <laughs> because because if you give him pieces, you keep him. That I mean, he's the top fifteen quarterback. You put pieces around him, you keep him. You're not going to have to pay him all like that. The, and 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 I'll go, keep going back. He's won the locker room. He Chicago Bears players want Justin Fields to play quarterback. That 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 makes I, all the difference in the world. While I agree with that, players are fickle, and if Caleb Williams comes in there and beats the Packers. He will have won that locker room in that city. Let him let him throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and get a W against the Packers. He will win. He will win parts of the city that Justin hasn't won. So I think that 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 that's fickle because Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I think what? he has supporting Greenville. I don't know. Hey, know Jordan Love came in. He had supporting before that. Brett Favre had the locker room in Green Bay, and Aaron took it. So. You you know what Q? You know what that that did kind of that did kind of remind me of a situation we dealt with back in two thousand in the early two thousands. We had a we had a very popular running back, TJ. And then they brought in Cedric Benson. Jones. I hated that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, I'm not. They got on his ass all there, training man. camp. Did, did, didn't didn't Benson get hurt when Urlacher and Briggs? He was going over the middle and 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 they. They gave him a harder hit than you would normally give running backs in camp. Benson yep. hurt his shoulder, and yep. yeah. So yeah, the, the locker room is. Am I am I fading out, guys? Mm-mm, you're fine. No, you good. Okay. So so this is my thing. It I so if you guys because I I keep hearing you guys go back to the the conversation about beating Green Bay. I think you stand a better chance of beating Green Bay by adding two pieces around Justin Fields than you do starting the clock over with Caleb Williams. You're not going to beat Green Bay next year. Caleb Williams with this current roster assembled, and if you flip Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, he's not going to beat them. But if you give Justin Fields players, oh, they can beat them. They can beat them next year. 
what would you want to? What would you well, offer? The team that Justin has struggled most against has been Green Bay. I don't understand why he can't figure that team out because it's not like mm-hmm. they've been a defensive powerhouse in this era. They've had some decent defenses, but he he has not been able to figure out Green Bay at all during his tenure here. Mm. Q, what our top three needs this offseason for the Bears would be what? Um, getting another playmaker. A skill position playmaker on offense? Uh, yeah, I, I do think they need another dynamic player. Um, uh-huh. They need offensive line help. And I think I think they need to get an edge rusher. You know what? They might need a safety over. I think safety and skill and another dynamic skill position player are about equal, but I think they need to help the trenches. You You, you need offensive line help. You need another edge rusher. So, uh, what is Justin Fields' trade value? I believe it's a late first round pick to an early second round pick. I agree. I agree. Yes, the, 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 the problem. The problem with this, well, if 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 you do a day two, you might get a second and a and a third or a second and fourth. The problem with Justin Fields' trade value is it's around a late first round pick, but there's not many teams that are in the late latter part of the first round that actually need quarterbacks. The Steelers would be one of the few teams that are, are a winning team that will actually need it. Most of the mm-hmm. teams, you know, at the top of the draft, I mean, at Essen Fields, Trey Value getting a first-round pick back for him, is he's probably a late – his value is probably a late first-round pick, but those teams on the back end, they, they you know, they're on the back end of the first round because they have strong quarterback play. So, you know, the Buffaloes, the, the Kansas Cities, the 49ers, the Lions – they're probably not looking. The Lions could be an exception, but you know they drafted Hendon, and they're probably going to rock with golf for a little bit. But um, and then the teams that are probably a quarterback needy, like the Commanders, Patriots, they're looking at one of the top prospects, so they're not in the Justin Fields race. Even a team like maybe the Falcons, they could have their eye on Jaden Daniels, who could be what? What are the Falcons picking? Seven, eight? Yeah, yeah, seven. So they'll. So depending on how much they like Jaden Daniels or um, what's the other kid that might be, maybe McCarthy, um, mm-hmm. depending on how much they fall in love with one of those guys, one of those guys might slide to them. It depends on what happens over the next several weeks. I mean, heck, the league year starts March 13th, March 15th official day, but March 13th you got everything made up. So we got like 40-something days, Right where things have got to get worked out. I think based on the evaluation with the Steelers from that, and as we get closer to the combine, um, Pittsburgh is going to pick a quarterback. By the hiring of Arthur Smith as our offensive coordinator, even more plays to the fact that Justin Fields fits the offense because you need a quarterback that can run an RPO. The question comes down Mm -hmm. for Pittsburgh, and I can only talk about Pittsburgh, is – are we willing to give up a first? I don't know. But as we get closer, and if Arthur Smith tells Mr. Rooney, and if he tells Coach T, look, this KPA kid's not going to work, then we might have to give up that 20th pick to get him. I'm okay with it either way. Um, but I think that the Steelers would be okay with giving up a second rounder and maybe a future, a second or a third, to get fields, or maybe a player. I just don't know if the Bears would be okay that. with that. 
I just don't know if the Bears are okay with that. I think both of you all are are spot on. And I think I think Q, we can fill those three pressing needs with trading fields for a a second and a yeah. future. I, mm. I, I I don't see a wrong a wrong path either way we go with in any direction. Mm. I, but I, I, I do said, see I do see for for one person involved, Ryan Pose, if he don't trade Justin, his ass is on the clock immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if you don't trade Justin and um, he continues on this same trajectory and doesn't show improvement in the passing game and Caleb Williams comes out and lights it up, or even Drake May, because uh, Bryce was – Consensus number one pick last year, but you know, people are still saying, Hey, you had a chance to see Jay Strew. So, um, this is a very <laughs> I don't envy, I've said this before, I don't envy Ryan Poe's position right now. I mean, he's working with from a position of strength, he does have capital, but this is a tough decision. Uh, as, as Big G said, Justin Fields has a locker room there, so you know, automatically you move him. You you you've got to mend fences there, and you've got to sell the team on Caleb Williams or whoever yeah. the quarterback is. Yeah. So, either which, way, which, there's going to be criticism for Ryan Poles. The only way to quell the criticism is whichever quarterback he goes with has to be successful. He's got to win a ten or eleven yeah. win season next season puts him in position. And I think I We're think coming off a seven win season, I think they I think the Bears got to win a minimum of nine next year for the fan base to be. Satisfied. Nine or ten. You got to get a minimum nine, yeah. Nine or ten, and be close to the playoffs. And I, I think Justin gives him a better shot. Q, I told pay off camera, man. I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans don't like this, but man, if they can mess around and get that trade off that I said, and don't drive Marv at two, and then get a Woozie, the kid from Washington. They ain't nine, trying to hear nothing about no receivers no, being drafted they would have, higher. They would have, or Blake, 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 Blake Bowers, Blake Bowers at nine. I like Bowers. I've, I've been a Bowers fan for over a year. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think Bowers gonna fall to nine. But you know, but you know, Vince. Here's the thing. I know we just signed for Met, but Bowers is a unique talent at tight end. Man, I would be fine running two tight ends, huh? He said the same thing about Cal Pitts. We're running, well, Cal Pitts is being criminally, criminally underused. And I think Bowers is a better blocker. And I think he's I think he's I think I think he's better at the nuances of pass uh, of, of route running than Pitts. I think. I I'm I'm, a, I'm 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 looking at a guy who's been in the pros. I'm looking at a guy that's in college, but from what I've seen of Bowers, I I, I think he He's, he's, he's a better in-line blocker than Pitts. And I think as good as Pitts is, I think Bowers, is, he could be utilized even more. I've seen the guy take handoffs in the backfield. You know, yeah. you could use him yeah. as a lead block, lead blocker. So, he gives you a tremendous amount of versatility. He's a chess player. Listen, listen, the comp, yeah, he's, the he's comp for Justin Fields, the comp for Justin Fields is Lamar. The comp for Caleb is Pat. If if unless either one of them turn into exactly. turn the comp yeah. into Tom Brady, having two having two tight tight ends on this offense does not sit well with me. But but I don't know if Caleb's the yeah, not just any two tight ends. Bowers is just no. not any tight end. And and Bowers yeah. Bowers and Komet, 
as a hot of a take as this will be, that'll be probably the best one-two tight end combination in the league since Gonzalez and Gronk. I don't think that's that much of a hot take if Bowers lives up to his 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 ability, his potential. Because yeah. um, like you said, Bowers is a is is a chess piece. Right. I, I know he's a tight end pay, but the thing is his athleticism, uh, Pitts is athletic too, but Pitts is an outside receiver type guy. Um, Bowers can can play on the inside. He can he can move from the slot. So you, with Komet and, and Bowers on the field, you got two guys who can block, and you got one of the two blockers who can who can run routes like a wide receiver, like 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 a slot guy, like a Cooper Cup almost. Yeah. So you have you have twelve personnel. This really eleven personnel. With Bowers. Yeah, because because Bowers Bowers is a special athlete, and yeah, like I said, yeah. I've seen him take handoffs out the backfield, and he yeah. he's, he's he's shifty for a big guy too. Here, he's not just some like, It'll look like Georgia did with Washington and Bowers. That's how it's going to look with Komet and Bowers. That's how it's going to look, and that's that's causing problems. That's a lot of problems. Whitmore, fun oh hour my God. power guys, Ooh. we got to talk about. Uh, Again, the, the number one question of the offseason, Justin versus Caleb, which way should you go? It's it's still <laughs> – you all got great great arguments, but it's still up in the air. I don't know which mm-hmm. way to go. It, to me, it sounds like you, I don't know which way to go either. Way. Mm-hmm. But, Listen, I'd be happy either way as long as we win. But if you, if you, if you stick with Justin again, Justin got to improve, and you got to get the weapons around him. Mm, no choice. G, thanks a lot for coming on. You got any parting shots? And uh, and where can everybody else find you uh, in the greater FFSN universe? Hey, thanks again, man, for the opportunity to be on the Bear Claw, man. I really appreciate it. It was a good, solid talk, man. I didn't Great get ridiculed by, I didn't get really cool by Tate Boy, Dictator Tate, and talking about all my hot takes and all whatever else. <laughs> I was able to talk. Oh, hey, this is the same way I sound on all our other formats. I, I say the same things. <laughs> So I don't know why it seems such a hot take on other stuff. But anyway, thanks again for having me on here, man. You can check me on Fans First Sports Network on the Level Up College Football Podcast with my boy Andy P. We're on twice a week. And audio right now, we're going to jump back on YouTube here in a minute. You type in FFSN, look up Level Up. That's me and Andy P. You can find me on Wednesdays on the Pump Your Breaks Podcast with Shannon White, Triple OG, Triple OG, and Take Boy Fresh. Pump Your Breaks is a Steeler-centric podcast. You can also find me with Payday and B-Dirt and Tate on Fridays on the Homies and the Homies Overtime. We got that fork in the road jumping off on Fridays for sure. It has been off the hook the last two weeks. And then don't forget to check me and Tate Boy Fresh out on That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast with our young fella, Relly Hall. It's basketball season, ladies and gentlemen, for about three weeks. And I'm going to be right back on the grind with football. But all of those podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, you can catch us all. Catch us. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and tears for a fans first sports network, man. Again, great, great talking with you, fellas. Um, for until next time, what we say, Q. Bear down.